talk about long overdue. Hello, everyone. I am so happy to be back on the podcast. I feel like my absence has been long. This is overdue. But truthfully, this podcast means so much to me. And being in the right headspace means so much to me, too. And between the craziness of wedding season and um, just the reality of grief and that every day is so different and it's up and it's down and life happens. It's been a heck of a couple months. So I'm here. I have really been trying to steward this the best that I possibly can and only speak when I feel like the Lord gives me the words and only press on topics when I feel like he's press them upon my heart to begin with. So um, I'm here. I'm so grateful. I feel like it's all I've wanted to do, but I've known I needed to be in a good headspace. And I've gotten so many messages from everyone asking when the next podcast is or where I'm at and everything. And you all are so sweet, but I do want this to be a place that's stewarded the best that I possibly can. So there's a little bit of a short reasoning as to where I've been, but I'm very, very grateful and very excited to be back with you all. Um, it feels it feels like it's time. I feel ready, especially for the topic that is at hand today. So without further ado, let's talk about what's on the agenda for today's podcast. I hope you all are so well. I hope this finds you well. It will definitely be a little bit of a heavier, more, um, I guess you could say personal kind of podcast with the topic being grief. It's something that I thought I would maybe talk about further down the line. It's something that so many of you have sent in when I've asked about podcast ideas, and it's honestly something I wish I didn't know a lot of. And if you're listening to this and you know a lot about it too, I'm so sorry. It's a pain I can't explain. It's a process that's grueling, honestly, and it's been a heck of a year. So um, if you are new here, I'll just kind of quickly give a little backstory before I share who our guest is today. I'm so excited about it. So... um, Unfortunately, in 2019, my sweet mom and my best friend was diagnosed with breast cancer. And it it set us up for the biggest test of our faith, of my family's faith, that we could ever have. And we were hopeful the whole entire time. I don't think my hope wavered. I never, ever thought that my reality could be that I would be 23 and without a mom. And... Two weeks before my wedding day and two years after her diagnosis, my mom went home to heaven and met Jesus face to face. And that was, you know, 10, 11 months ago. And even when I say that sentence, I'm still pressed with the fact that I don't feel like it's my my reality. It still doesn't feel real. It doesn't make sense. It, yeah, it does not make sense. I feel like so many times when I try to process where I'm at, I'm just 
constantly saying like, I still can't believe this is my life. Like I still have to wake up every single morning and remind myself of my reality. And I still reach for my phone to call her and I can't do that. Um, and so it's been, it's been 10 and a half months now. We're coming up on the one year and I can't believe any of it. I can't believe that this happened. I can't believe that she's not here. I can't believe that it's almost been a year. I can't believe that I walked down the aisle two weeks after she passed. I can't believe my family had the strength to stand beside me to walk down the aisle two weeks after she passed. But at the end of the day, the only reason that I feel like I have strength in me and the only reason that me and my family could walk down that aisle two weeks after she passed and the only reason I feel like I am standing on my feet today in my reality that is still so unfathomable to me is because of Jesus. And so my heart in this podcast is that everything points to him and that you are reminded of how good he is and you are reminded that he is near to those who mourn and he is near to the brokenhearted. So our guest today is someone who means the world to me. And I'm even going to get emotional talking about her. Um, my big sister, Christy. She's a hero to me. She's obviously been right in the thick of it all with us or and with me and with our family. She's been strength. She's modeled what it's looked like to seek Jesus's face in the midst of pure heartbreak and tragedy. And the most, um, the most memorable memory that I have in the final weeks of my mom's life when we were all by my mom's side was looking out and seeing Christy just worshiping with her hands up and just praising him in the greatest storm we ever could go through. And that's who she's been then. That's who she's been my whole life. That's who she is now. And she has been in full-time pastoral roles. She's she's sat in the low places in third world, world countries and done mission work. She's brought women out of human trafficking. She's touched every single sphere in her life. She carries great influence and power and I am so excited and so honored that she will join me today as we talk about this topic. And I'm so honored that I get to be her little sister and that I get to learn and, um, yeah, just learn from her wisdom and learn from what she carries. And her history and her depth with the Lord is something that anyone who knows her knows is deep and valuable. And so I know that it's going to bless you today, wherever you are, and forever, for whatever reason you're listening, whatever season you find yourself in, I know that this will be a gift because her words carry just peace and the power of God. So without further ado, Christy, welcome to the podcast. Hello, I'm so happy to be here. So happy to have you. And like I shared, this is a topic that we're obviously not experts in, but unfortunately, we do have experience in it, and um, it's not an easy one to talk about, So, but I've just felt like we're supposed to. I felt like it was Christy who was supposed to do it with me, so we're so happy to be here. Um, I just want Christy to kind of share a little bit about herself, and we will get started. 
Oh gosh, what do you want to know? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> well, well, first and foremost, I'm Macy's big sister, one of two big sisters. Yes. I'm a middle child. Um, and gosh, I don't know. I mean, I, I met Jesus um, when I was three years old, when I was in the hospital having open heart surgery. And I've been fortunate to have a close relationship with him uh, pretty much my whole life, um, which is really, I mean, it's marked everything in my life. It's been, it's defined my path. It's been my journey. Um, and gosh, that's looked like many things. Do you want me, do you want me to share those things or should we jump into it? I think they'll love to hear anything you have. Okay. Well, um, gosh, when I graduated college, I was going to pursue high-end fashion in New York City. And I got um, my dream opportunity at Oscar de la Renta was in high fashion world. And it just felt shallow and hollow to me. And there was this question in my heart, to what end? And I just realized that if that end wasn't benefiting someone or wasn't really glorifying Jesus, that I didn't want it. And I kind of went on this journey of sort of doing away with all the dreams I thought I had so I could allow Jesus to really show me what my real dreams were. And from there, um, I ended up going to the nations. Jesus sent me out to the nation, Southeast Asia. I spent three years working in Cambodia in a former minefield where I got to pioneer a job creation program for women who were subject to trafficking and got to build a business that provided them jobs and safe income and got to really build that for three years, which was incredible and taught me so much about faith and life and business and the power of the Holy Spirit and the nearness of Jesus. Um, I really say that was my ministry school. And from there, I became the marketing manager for a rescue home, uh, housing girls aged three to 16 that were survivors of human trafficking. Um, and I got to travel across the U.S. and really be a voice for the voiceless, advocating for survivors of human trafficking and the work that went into fighting human trafficking. And um, I did that for about two years. And then from that point, I started working with a ministry called Lifestyle Christianity, um, an evangelist named Todd White. He has a radical testimony of encountering the Lord when he was shot at. He used to be a drug addict and an atheist. And he got shot at one night and he heard the voice of God say, I took that bullet for you. Now will you live for me? And he preached. He has been preaching the gospel around the world for 16 years. And I got the opportunity to serve his ministry, work with him, travel with him uh, for about a year and a half. And then I became a pastor at his ministry school and served on the marketing team as well, because I have a degree in marketing and just Honestly, um, I've always known I'm going to do things in fashion and for the Lord. Um, and it's actually really ties into the season Macy and my family and I have walked out recently um, in losing our mom. But upon facing really what was my greatest fear in losing our mom, um, I really, it causes you to take an assessment of your life. And I really, went to the Lord and started talking to him about the dreams of my heart and the things that I've long talked with my mom about and the things I dream of doing. And so I took a really intentional 
pivot um, from sort of a ministry and church world um, to step back into fashion and back into design, um, where I presently manage a custom collection boot store where we design boots, high-end boots with clients all day, and it's a lot of fun. Um, But it's really, it's put me in industry and in business and in um, a fashion space that I know I'm called to and meant to stand in. But it's also served to really ignite a lot in my heart that really specifically my mom was the biggest champion in. Um, And I dream of someday designing my own products and again, employing people in need to make those products and uh, building business to back things of the kingdom and to back causes that are important to me, like human trafficking, well, fighting human trafficking, I need to specify. Um, (laughs) And um, yeah, so that's kind of, I guess that was a lot, but that's my story. It's great. And I think Christy and I can both say that we have walked the road we've walked and we continue to walk the road we walk with our mom being the greatest example we've had. So now we're faced with a season and the rest of our lives, to be frank, without her. And so just processing what that looks like, what that looks like walking with the Lord, what that looks like fighting for our family and God's plans for our family. And just waking up every single day with the weight of grief and fighting for that unshakable peace when we have the unfathomable pain. And I think Christy and I could both say that we've experienced pain and peace coexist the last 10 and a half months. And even so, the last two years, three years, as my mom was battling cancer more than we ever have in our whole entire lives. And that alone has I mean, I can speak for myself. It's undoubtedly changed me. It's changed the way I walk with the Lord. Um, And I've seen him show up in my own life and in the life of my family so much in our pain. And so I think our greatest heart today is that the words we're speaking just meet you wherever you are in your season of pain, whether it's grief and loss of a loved one or your mourning dreams or anything that our words just meet you where you where we are and so I think we could go into talking about how we've experienced pain and peace coexist how we can wake up every single day and have to remind ourselves of our reality but also feel so held by the Lord so I wanted to just have my sister share a little bit about what that's looked like for her and um, just the reality of the scriptures that he's near to the brokenhearted. I think we've experienced the reality of those so much in this season. And so just sharing a little bit about what that's looked like for you, Chris. Totally. Yeah. You put that really beautifully, Mace, about how pain and peace can coexist. And it, when I was praying about this, um, Macy and I prayed just before we came on. And as I was praying about this, it really was on my heart. I really wanted to kind of open this conversation by stating the fact that grief is not something to fix. And yeah. it's someone in grief and experiencing grief, that person doesn't need to be fixed. Mm-mm. And it's not the same thing as it's like grief is not a broken leg that needs a cast and it's going to heal in X amount of weeks and 
be mended back together the way it was. It's not that kind of thing. And um, I think we just, we grow around our grief. We learn from our grief. And one thing I want to say is that grief is not something that you fix. It's something that you learn to live with and it ebbs and flows and changes with times and seasons. And I think it's really important to state that it's incredibly brave and courageous to wake up and choose to live and choose joy mm-hmm. and choose Thanksgiving and and choose again to live with an eternal vantage point to continue going forward with an aching heart, yeah. with a hurting heart, with a broken heart. It takes a great amount of courage to choose that while you sit in a valley. And one story, this story actually really taught me that, that Jesus, I, I've been in so much pain this last year. I've had moments where, and maybe maybe who's listening, maybe you felt this. I've had moments of such emotional pain and such broken a broken heart that it physically hurts my body, like that I physically feel pain. Like I've I I can remember like when the grief was so fresh, losing our mom, I would physically kick in my bed and my body would hurt. I was hurting so bad emotionally. And I had a moment where I was experiencing that level of pain. I was sitting on the beach on Marco Island where our family has a home and where we spent our last moments with our mom and where she stepped into heaven. And that beach is significant to us. It means a lot to us. And I was there alone about a month after she passed and I was sitting on the beach watching the sunset and, and there were just families all around and couples and mothers with children and I was sitting there alone and I remember I had never felt so alone and I can honestly say I don't know if I ever felt such pain like I think that moment was even more painful than when we stood around my mom and she stepped into heaven because heaven was so near to us in that moment Mm -hmm. But it was so painful sitting there on that beach in that moment that I started kicking my feet in the sand. And over and over again, I said to the Lord, I said, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. And in that moment, I experienced what was so supernatural, but it was as if Jesus himself walked up to my right hand side. It was as if I felt like the wind of someone when they walk up and sit down beside you. And it was so real that I looked up expecting to see someone and all I felt was the like all consuming peace and presence and person of Jesus. And he sat down to my right. And the only words he whispered was, I know. And I realized in that moment that Jesus was sitting with me in my darkest valley and the valley of the shadow of death while I was experiencing the pain of that death. And he wasn't trying to fix me. He was just beside me and he was just there with me and he was just in the valley with me. And those words I know were significant to me too, because anyone who has experienced loss or experienced pain, we as humanity, we want to connect with that pain of that person. But I think we do the people a great disservice when we look at them and say, I know how you feel. Mm -hmm. And 
I'm sure you've experienced that, Macy. I mean, I know our family, we've talked about this a little bit, like people mean well in saying that, but it can actually do more damage than good because the reality is, is no one knows how anyone feels. The only person in the world that gets to say those words is Jesus. And, And Jesus, he experienced suffering. He experienced loss. He experienced the grave pain that we're feeling in that moment. And he's the only one who knows. Mm -hmm. He's the only one who can say that and mean it. And, but that moment single-handedly taught me, oh my gosh, I am not a broken girl that needs fixing. I am, I have a grief stricken heart that now gets to choose to courageously live. Yep. And I think that, I could talk about that and what that looks like a lot, but I think there's a few things. I mean, um, well, do you have anything you want to say, Macy? I think just adding, like, I loved what you said, how it's, like, courageous to grieve and to live at the same time. And, like, Dad always says, like, the cost of loving Mom is now grieving her, and that cost is well worth it. And... Mm -hmm. My mom deserves for us to celebrate her life and us being courageous and walking forward and choosing every single day that's ahead of us. But she also is so deserving of us processing these waves of grief in a way that's healthy. And I just knowing that grief is the cost of love and not numbing myself to it. Like I think there's been honestly a handful of moments where I'll be going on with my days and I'll make it weeks and weeks and then I look back and I'm like I don't think I felt anything like I actually just think I numbed myself and it's it's better for me to actually feel it it's I would be doing myself and everyone around me and honestly my mom a disservice if I continue to numb myself and so choosing to feel it and yeah it's not fixable you know, everyone's like, time heals it, you know, time heals this. And I think I have a lot of emotions and opinions about that statement. And, you know, maybe there's validity to it in some ways. But I remember the night my mom passed, I laid in bed, knowing that I was about to face, you know, the rest of my life of people looking at me and saying, I know what you're going through. I know this, I know that time heals it you know, you should go see a counselor, you should do this and that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I laid in my bed that night and I begged Jesus. I was like, you, I want you to be my counselor. I want you to be my healer. I want, I want this. I want you to be everything. And 10 and a half months down the road, I can say he has been my counselor. He has been my healer. And yeah, I'm not trying to be who I was on March 5th, the day before mom passed. I'm I'm living the rest of my life with this and I'm just trying to figure out how to do it. And I think we're, we're all trying to do that. And so... Um, the time is not the healer, Jesus is. Yes. And Jesus is the only one who's ever going to be the healer. Yes. And I love what you said, like, yeah, you don't just heal this. I, it's like I have a picture in my head and I, I wish I could describe it. It's like we grow around it. Yeah. Yeah. You grow around it. And so like, and I can speak to how I've seen you grow Macy or my family grow or what I've had to learn and they're hard and costly lessons, but yeah, dad always says we have to 
cry so that we can laugh. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it's, and I, and we're very fortunate, like our dad has shepherded us through this and been such a model in our family in a way that really is supernatural to watch him navigate this and to see how led he's been. Um, But I love when he says that we have to cry the tears so that we can laugh. And it really is like a gateway through that pain and allowing ourselves to feel it. Like I couldn't experience Jesus's nearness as healer and comforter when he came and sat beside me on the beach and whispered the words, I know. I couldn't experience that if I wasn't kicking and screaming and kind of crying out in that pain. And it can be, and I just want to be real for a minute. It can be really hard to go there. Like I never in my life watched YouTube fashion bloggers until I was dealing with my mom about to lose her life. Like I never have been someone where I binge watched anything or numbed myself in any way like that. And when I was in a season of grief, I noticed, I like took assessment of my life and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm caring for my mom all day while she's sick. I'm watching her body deteriorate. And like, rather than like running to the Lord and letting him like hold me, I was running to YouTube and binge watching a fashion blogger because I was trying to numb myself in the pain. And I just share that because I want to be real. Like I don't always walk this out perfectly. And I'm sure Macy, you can say the exact same thing. But the thing I've learned too, is that um, like grief can also confront a lot of religion in you because we just become so weak and so in need of Jesus and so broken and so delicate that it's messy. And you know what? We live in a broken world. Pain is not prejudice in this world. We're all going to know pain in different measures in different ways. And it's messy. And how you walk through that, like, I think the the very least you can do for yourself is give yourself grace. Yep. Give yourself grace and give people around you grace. Because I can remember, and that's one thing that grief has done to me. It has made me a softer person. It has made me a more gentle person. It has because I've come face to face with a level of pain I had never known before. And so I've experienced the depth of pain a human heart can know. And I'm thankful that my response to that is I want to be gentler towards all of humanity because none of us are getting out alive and none of us are getting out without experiencing pain to some degree. And yeah, and I just think the least we can do is give ourselves grace gentleness, patience, as you navigate the waters of it, but also extend that to others. Yeah, exactly. And I remember, I remember even before mom passed, like, you know, in the days before knowing what was ahead of us, but honestly, at the same time, like not knowing, but knowing that it was either, it either pushes you towards the things that you love and Jesus, or it does the complete opposite. And mm-hmm. so I think our family did the best we could in the early days of grief to like really fight, to be honest, to A, feel it and B, not let it push us to things that won't in the end feed our souls. Yes. I, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's a beautifully terrible thing to feel the weight of grief. Like I can't imagine it, it, it was like our greatest fear come. It was our greatest fear that became our reality. And, but I, 
I, yeah, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but just the power of feeling it. Like you are, you will do your heart a disservice if you don't just feel it. And if you don't wrestle with the Lord and you don't just sit with him and Mm -hmm. kick, like Christy was saying, like there's been so many nights that I just, I scream and I wake up in the middle of the night crying and screaming and, but we have to feel those things. We have to feel those things. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus is, is not too much for him. And I think yeah. that's what I want. The point I want to get across is like, it's okay to be messy. It's okay to be broken. And that honesty, it's actually life or death to move through it honestly. And I love what you said, Mace, about like, yeah, you have a choice when faced with grief. It's like, you can choose to numb or you can choose to feel and yeah, feeling it may be the harder way in the moment, but in the long run, it's not. Mm-hmm. And again, that just is what dad says. Like we have to cry so that we can laugh. And I've experienced and seen our family have moments of joyous, like a rupturous laughter. And I can literally have these memories in my mind of that, where I'm having this moment thinking this is a miracle. Yeah. It is a real life miracle that we can experience this amount of abundant life standing in our greatest fear. And one thing, this is, this has been huge for me. This is a tool that I know the Holy spirit put in my hand and it's been a tool that Jesus put in my hand and has taught me how to pray for myself, but also for my family. And I really wanted to share this too. So it was probably, probably like a week or two weeks before mom passed. I read this quote and it's not a scripture. Like it's just a quote, you know, and it's, Um, the quote was the same sun that melts butter is the same sun that bakes clay. Mm -hmm. And I read it and it was like one of those moments where it just, Jesus wanted my attention and it kind of grabbed a hold of my heart in a way where I knew God wanted me to remember that. And I remember going back and sort of meditating on that with the Lord and was like, okay, Jesus, what do you want me to show? What do you want to show me through these words? The same sun that melts butter is the same sun that bakes clay. And as I sat with the Lord and I allowed the Holy Spirit to speak to me, Jesus began showing me that the butter and the the clay are in the exact same circumstance. They're in the sun, right? But their response is completely different. Mm -hmm. And so through that, Jesus was showing me It's not about circumstance. It's about substance. And much of our substance is based on the choice we make. And in this case, based on the choices we make in grief, Mm -hmm. in sorrow, in that valley, in your greatest fear, in your moment of despair, like we're going to have these moments. And Jesus began to show me that even if we think it's not one one or the other, there is only one or two two choices there's only two choices to make it's one or the other and in that moment you of your pain your fear your grief your trauma you the human heart will either choose to turn more towards the lord or more away from the lord yep there is no in between yeah there's no in between and jesus began showing me that and he began showing me even if it's ever so slightly the trauma response the grief response the pain response is to either turn away or turn turn towards. Yep. And and whether we become the melted butter that is soft or whether we become the baked clay that is hard, 
is dependent upon that choice. And when Jesus began showing me that, that it is not about circumstances, it is about substance. I began to make declarations over my own heart and over your heart, Macy, and over our siblings and over our dad and over Blake and over people who are going to know grief and pain. And I just declared that we are a kingdom people filled with God's spirit. And in our moment of greatest fear and greatest valley and greatest pain and greatest trauma, we will be a people who do not turn away from the Lord. We will be a people who turn towards the Lord. And as a result, we will become melted butter in the hands of the Father. Amen. And we'll be made into a softer people, a more gentle people, a more kind people, a more compassionate people. Mm-hmm. Because the the alternative yep. is to turn away from the Lord and harden our hearts towards God or become bitter, bitter to the things of love, bitter to the things of feeling, bitter to the things of life. And and I think in life it's work what happened is that that substance what we're made of hugely lends to how we see things and so I also declared like we're going to be made of the substance that keeps us soft we're going to be made of the substance that turns towards the Lord and we're going to be made of the substance that sees life through the lens of Jesus and can find beauty even in the valley even when you're kicking in the sand or kicking in bed or waking up screaming is finding the beauty of, okay, but I can call on Jesus mm-hmm. and he's there and he comes and he is healer. And I think the craziest thing for me, honestly, as a result of those prayers is seeing them realized and seeing them be real. Like I've seen it in all of us and I've, I think I've been so thankful, but also so proud of watching you and watching our family walk through this because I've seen our hearts soften. Yeah. I've seen us not afraid. I mean, we as Christians, we can quote it all we want, right? And in our weakness, he is strong. We can sing it, we can quote it, we know it. But it's different to actually have to live it. And and grief, I say, is like walking around with the wind knocked out of you. Yep. It really is. And like you don't get to be strong when you're just trying to breathe. And so it's a really broke, meek, humble place that you're brought to in pain. But to experience allowing that to be your reality, seeing Jesus come through as strong and allowing him to soften you and keep you like soft butter in his hands and hold you, you really do experience the kingdom there. Mm -hmm. And I think like you said, Mace, that's why we can experience peace in our pain and we can experience the joy in our pain because the reality is, is peace and joy have a name. Yeah. And it's the name of Jesus. Yeah. It's actually a person. Yeah. I think, too, one of the, you know, questions that has been posed to me over and over again, and I'm sure to you and to everyone else in our family in regards to the topic of, like, how can you walk in joy, you know, that close to pain or in that much pain would probably be Blake and I's wedding as an example. Um, Like I shared earlier, Blake and I got married 15 days after my mom took her last breath. And I think I could speak for my whole entire family and that we were operating in a strength that was not our own. And the strength of Jesus inside of us had never been more prevalent or real to us 
And so I guess if you have anything, you know, to share as, you know, I don't really remember much, but, (laughs) and I know you don't either. We were, we were in a different place, but I also, I think we all just carried a knowing of this can only be Jesus. And so maybe, you know, if you have anything from those days that you feel like, yeah, that you wanted to share. I mean, it's all, we talk about peace and joy and we talk about experiencing Jesus in the valley, but it really like, it's all supernatural. Yep, it is. And I think if I have anything to say about those days, um, I mean, and from my perspective, like Macy, it took you so much courage to be a bride and walk down the aisle and I think both of us know like our mom's greatest dream was to see her children get married. And so to not have her in the room and to lose her two weeks before her first child got married was, it was a dire travesty to all of our hearts. And there's no other way to put that. And in it, I saw the providence of the Lord giving you, Macy, my little sister, a husband. Yeah. And I think we've all seen Jesus move in our lives and one another's lives in ways that we've needed. Yeah. And that's very personal to us. And as your big sister, I was able to go through that, A, because of Jesus, B, because he carried us, C, because the whole thing was a miracle and supernatural, yeah. but D, because, because I could see God's providence in what he was doing. I could see God's providence in saying, Macy needs her husband. Like, And that gave me this courage and strength to go through that day. And I think Alexa and I, our older sister, we were both faced with sort of filling voids and positions and roles that our mother would have held. And I look back and they're honestly some of the most painful moments I've ever known, like standing in Macy's bridal suite and getting her in her dress, honestly was some of the most pain I'd known because my mom was supposed to be doing it. And I look back and even talking about it now, I think I can only say this because I mean it, but as someone who's pastored and preached and read the word and known Jesus, like we can talk about his nearness and we can talk about him as comforter and we can talk about he'll carry us. But I think if I'm honest, I feel privileged to have gone to live it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And I feel privileged to know his nearness in a way I didn't get to otherwise. And it's crazy to sit here and that be the response, but it's true. And I think if I've learned anything, in Psalm 100, it says we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And really, like, gratitude has pulled me from drowning a million times over In moments of pain where I'm like, okay, my mom isn't here to 
is it Macy in her dress? Like I could just drown and fall over and give up in that moment. But what Jesus has taught me and what the Holy Spirit has done in those moments and how he's met me is he actually comes and he whispers to my heart that truth. And he helps me find the thank yous of my heart. Yeah. Yeah. And instead of a moment of pain of she's not here, it becomes thank you that you brought my sister, her husband. Thank you that we get to see them become one today. Thank you that you are adding to my family today. And sometimes I really feel those thank yous that I say to the Lord. And sometimes I have to fight for it. Mm -hmm. And if I'm completely honest, I have learned that gratitude is often a choice and it is, it is a muscle to flex. And the more you choose to flex it, the stronger and more real it becomes in your life. There is a reason it says we enter his gates with thanksgiving. And then it says we enter his courts with praise. We actually don't even get into the courts of heaven in the kingdom without passing through Thanksgiving. Yep. And I think I, at least in Macy, I'm sure you can attest to the same thing. Like that has been the key for me. Yep. That has been it. I could wallow in self-pity, but the reality is I'll die there. Mm-hmm. And I could, I could sit in what is not, I could sit in what I don't have. I could sit in what is hard, but I'll die there. Yeah. And I think whoever's listening, this goes for everything. Like not everyone listening has lost their mom to cancer or held the person they love most hands when they step into heaven. Some people listening, you have, you know what that's like. And maybe you even know the thin layer that exists between heaven and earth in those moments, but not everyone has that pain. Some people are going to have pain of a heartache of a broken relationship or an addiction they're dealing with or self-condemnation thought patterns they live with. I I don't know what the grief is. I don't know what the sorrow is, but Jesus does. And if I've learned anything, it's that we can lay in that valley. We can lay in that grave and we can just throw our hands up and give up or we can lay there. And even if it is so small, even if it's hardly moving it, we can learn to flex the muscle of gratitude. And it's promised in his word. Like we enter his gates with thanksgiving. That means as we learn to give thanks, we're entering his gates. We're going into the presence. We're going to where Jesus is. And Jesus promises peace, joy, comfort. He promises these things. So to go to him, we have to learn to flex that muscle. But as we learn to flex it, everything changes. Mm -hmm. I have literally seen my whole life change just by learning to flex this muscle in a way I didn't know before. And that's why I can say and Macy, that's why you can say me too. That's why I can say I'm thankful to have experienced Jesus in this way, in a way that I've read about, sang about, heard about, even preached about, but now I've lived it. Mm-hmm. And I can honestly say, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And I can mean it mm-hmm. because that muscle in my life has been so strengthened because it pulls me out of the muck and mire of self-pity and sorrow and that unthinkable pain that you just want to lay in and give up and just call it quits. That has been the key that pulls me out of it is finding the thank yous of my heart and whispering them. Even if it's ever so quiet, even if it's ever so small, even if flexing that muscle is I hardly can move it today. Learning to do it has changed my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And I think something that is worth noting and even reiterating, because I know Chris talked about it and we've probably talked about it already is like we couldn't have felt 
the providence and presence and nearness of Jesus like we read about in the scriptures and everything if we didn't choose to feel it to the you know fullest that we could and so there is power in feeling it there's power in not numbing yourself to it there's power in you know it pushing you closer to the Lord I remember um the day my mom passed we kind of all after she passed we kind of all just God had places for us to be in the first hours without her and I was um I was and it's also so powerful to share that right when my mom passed in you know the sunniest season in Florida the rains came just minutes after she passed these rains came that were so refreshing and healing and powerful for our family and I was sitting in the rain in the in a car um looking at the ocean just watching dolphins do flips and I was probably an hour into a life without my mom and I had never believed in heaven more than I did in that moment and Mm -hmm. I can say now that I believe in it so much more and I believe in the nearness of Jesus so much more than I did in that moment but he's never been more real to me than he has been in my pain I'm sure you can agree Chris I'm sure if we asked every single person in our family that they could agree to that too that we've met him in ways that we couldn't have if we didn't go through this and so for that we're thankful and dad also does a really beautiful job of reminding us that we cry for ourselves but we celebrate for mom because she is I always tell myself and tell my family and it brings me a lot of comfort, but I just know one day we're going to get to heaven and we'll realize that, that our mom was one of the lucky ones that she got to run into the arms of Jesus when she did, that she was so faithful and that she finished her race and that I just know he looked at her and said, well done, good and faithful servant. And we -hmm. cry for ourselves, but we celebrate for her and Dad always reminds me of that. I mean, he reminded me of it yesterday when I was having a bad day. He he just said, just think about where mom is. Just think about where mom is. Just think about where mom is. And that isn't diminishing what we're feeling, but it's giving an eternal vantage view to our earthly pain. Yes. And it changes you. Yep. Yeah. It changes you. Because the reality of like life is but a vapor, it becomes so real when you watch the air leave. Yep. And what you love. Yeah. And like, like a blade of grass here today, gone the next. It yep. changes the thing you love. And, and I don't know. I'm like, how, how does pride exist? Like none of us are getting out of here alive. Like how could we live with pride? How could we live with a cold heart? How could we live not choosing to love those around us? Yeah. Like that's been such a response of my heart of gosh, like what a broken fallen world we live in like the least we could do is live within a general vantage point and do our due diligence to bring a glimpse of heaven down to this earth mm-hmm. to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be his love and to get to work doing it because yeah, because we don't have much time. We don't have much time. And pretty soon we're going to be taking our last breath. And, and you know what? <laughs> I'm excited. I know. <laughs> we're fine. <laughs> we're yeah. Fine. And, and, and heaven feels closer now that my mom is there. And it, I love that we're laughing, Macy, because there is like a real side to this whole thing where like, yes, it's painful, but there is a side to it all where I'm like, gosh, like it's 
heaven feels so close mm-hmm. now that my mom is there. And it also feels so soon. And sometimes I, I'm just like, oh my gosh, pressure's off. Like, what are we so stressed about down here? Like I'm headed towards roads paved in gold, baby. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and, and we're called like, everything we build that's not for eternity is going to burn. Like only what's built for eternity is going to stand. And so that changes you too, where it's just, you stop sweating the small things. And for me, it's like, I want to love more bravely. I want to love more passionately. I want to speak truth more boldly. Like I cherish my days more different, differently. Like I just do. And, yeah. and there's these really beautiful byproducts that fl- flow from your life when you choose to live with that eternal vantage point. And yeah. And, and it's, it can be so real. And Macy, you talk about the hour after mom passed. I know you, like you and Blake and Alexa's story is amazing. Like they're in a Jeep while it's pouring and they're watching dolphins put on a show in front of them, which mind you, dolphins don't jump when it rains typically. No, (laughs) Like they never do that when it rains and where you guys were parked and the whole thing. Um, But my brother and I, in that hour, we, I'm like really afraid of alligators and sharks. <laughs> and the reality is, is that both of them are in the waters where our house is. Yep, like not one, but both. And um, so like my dad got kayaks and I was just like, yeah, freaking right. Like I'm ever kayaking in waters with alligators and great whites. But I, it was just one of the most precious memories to me. And I share this because the hour after my mom passed, my brother is pouring rain. And my brother like looked at me and was like, do you want to go kayaking? And just that, that reality of like life is precious and short. And like who has time for fear when we live with an eternal vantage point. And like in moments after my mom passed, it's like I responded to my brother's invitation completely differently where I'm like, yeah, let's get in the kayaks in the pouring rain with the great whites and the alligators. <laughs> let's, let's go out there. And we did. And I'll never forget exactly like you said, Macy, like you had never experienced heaven being so real because my brother and I are kayaking out in the pouring rain and I'll never forget it. It was like him and I were just exchanging these looks, but through the pouring rain in our kayaks, we were smiling and there was so much life in us. And my brother threw out his fishing line and he caught a fish and I'll just never forget. He just picked up that fish and he was like, thanks mama. And threw that fish back in the water. And I just remember sitting there being like, how are we smiling and fishing in the rain like living yeah. an hour after our mom's passing. And it's one of the most precious memories to me because it's just backwards. It's just backwards. And like the very next day, I remember Alexa and I rollerbladed around the entire island and we were like laughing and telling stories and like filled with joy and the spirit of the Lord. And I just remember her and I have talked about that too. Like, how did we rollerblade around the entire island laughing the day after our mom passed? Like, no one around us would have known what we had just been through. And I just think I can't take any credit for that. Mm-hmm. 
that can only be one. <laughs> His name is Jesus. Yep. There's been, I think, like, we could, we could stand, we could be on this podcast all day and share so many moments of joy um, amidst so many moments of pain. And I think it's just, just if we can drive the reality home that joy is our portion as his people and our circumstance doesn't get to take that from us. And he, his promise is that he's always with us. He's with us when, you know, our mom is taking her last breath. He's with us when I walk down the aisle. He'll be with us till the end. And yeah, it's just, I just keep going back to what Christy said. Like, I'm so grateful that I've been able to experience his presence like we have. And it's not been on circumstances I would ever choose. And I don't think you would ever choose them either. But how lucky are we that we've met him so beautifully in our pain? And how lucky are we that he's become so much more real? Like, I I even look back at my life, like the years, you know, before, even before the diagnosis and, and amidst the diagnosis. And I'm like, did I even know him? And I did. Mm-hmm. I did know him. But I've mm-hmm. met him so much more in my pain. And it's been it's been the hardest, most beautiful journey that I could ever have asked for. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think about the emblem of Christianity. It's a cross. Mm -hmm. It's not a couch. Like it's not comfortable where you put your feet up. It's actually two wooden beams that Jesus was nailed to and died. And it was through a gateway of death that you experienced resurrection power. And it's only because of that, that dry bones breathe again. It's only because of that that the hopeless find hope again. It's only because of that that desolate grounds can become fruitful and bloom with life and color again. I mean, it is only because of the DNA of the kingdom. And so, yeah, if we didn't have Jesus, we would be a people who are hopeless and filled with despair and downtrodden. But the reality is, is what Macy is saying and what we've been so fortunate enough to live is that death is but a doorway into the glory and person of Jesus. And that's going to be true when we take our last breath as it was for our mom, but it is true for us here on earth. And not every person has grief or sorrow because of death, but Jesus knows exactly what your grief and your sorrow and your pain is. And he has compassion for you in it. He wants to sit with you in it and he wants to give you hope in it. Because it's a doorway into experiencing greater hope, greater resurrection power, greater mercy, greater peace, greater joy than you've known. And it's all backwards, which makes it a miracle. Yep. Yes. Yes, exactly. It, it is so miraculous. I feel like, yeah, like Chris said, when when mom passed, everything for me changed. Like what I live for, how I live for it, how I love people around me. I feel like I've looked at Blake so many times and I'm like, why would we ever live for anything but him? Like if, if it's that short and if, you know, we come to this world with nothing and we leave with nothing but the treasures we stored in heaven, why would we fight to store treasures on earth? Why? Like the scripture's so clear. Yeah. And you take nothing when you go. My mom took nothing but the life that she lived for Jesus. And she lived one that was worth honoring. And, um, it, yeah, it's just, it's just the greatest reminder. Yes, and enjoy the simple things. Like we watched mom take nothing, but when we asked her her treasures of life, like 
she talked about her children. She talked about her husband. She talked about her grandma and she talked about her flowers yep. and she talked about places she visited. And, and then mostly she talked about her treasure time with Jesus and adventures with him and following him and that she was ready to go and be with him. And it's, yeah, I think it's treasure, treasure those things. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think I've learned through this too, like little things are big things. Yep. They just are. And it's, it's a, it's sweet. It's the fragility and the beauty of life. Mm-hmm. It smacks you in the face, but it can be the most beautiful smack if, if you let it. Yep. Yeah. The sight for eternity that this is all, this has given us has been a really beautiful thing. And it's definitely changed the way I think about everything. Um, to kind of close and, you know, just this question, if you could go back a year ago, you know, a year ago would be five weeks before mom passed. What would you tell yourself? I think I would just say it's all real. Yep. Everything promised, everything you read about in scripture, the nearness he promises to give you, that peace and joy is not a result of circumstance. It's a result of being filled with him. Mm -hmm. All real. Yep. Because, yeah, I have experience. I have peace and joy right now. I have peace and joy yesterday. I have Mm -hmm. peace and joy in my heart because I have Jesus in my heart. Yep. Yeah, I have peace and joy even when I wrestle with reality. It's mm-hmm. It's been the craziest thing. And in a lot of moments, I haven't even known how to put words to it because I've, I had never experienced the two coexisting the way that they are in my life right now. And it's, it's hard to even communicate it to my husband, the person who's closest to me in so many moments. I'm like, I am, my heart is shattered, but I have peace and I have joy. And I feel him close to me. Yeah. And like I am privileged and I am honored and I am so grateful that I had a mom that her absence shatters my heart. Like how lucky am I that. Amen. You know, that we had that. And so in some way, shape or form, I just, we hope that this spoke to you. We hope it blessed you we hope it met you where you are whatever that looks like we hope that you feel an invitation from the lord into just everything he has for you whether it's amidst your pain whether it's amidst a season of great joy um that you would seek him and we promise you'll find him and so do you have anything in closing before i pray chris there's no right way to go to him yep I can't stand what religion does to representing the real Jesus. There's no right way to go to him. There's no wrong way to go to him. When I was three years old and he revealed himself to me, he came to me and revealed himself. And I just talked back to him like a child. Mm -hmm. No one taught me that. The spirit of God taught me that. And I never stopped talking to him. And he's closer than skin and bone. And I will scream with him, yell with him, kick with him. Heck, I think I've even said a cuss word with him. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's not too much for him. He can handle it. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I just had in my heart when you said that, that there's someone listening and they want to run to him, but they don't know how to go to him. And I just want to encourage that heart. If that's you, there's no right way. Just go to him, call on the name of Jesus. The word says those who seek shall find his name is Jesus. This person we talk about, his name is Jesus. This peace we talk about, his name is Jesus. Mm-hmm. This joy we talk about, his name is Jesus. The one who sits with us in the valley of our pain is Jesus. Yeah. The one who offers hope in hopelessness is Jesus. The one who makes desolate grounds flourish like the Garden of Eden filled with color and life again, his name is Jesus. So that's the only name you need to know. It's the only name you need to cry out. And if you just say the name of Jesus, that's enough because he promises to come. Yep. And so that's all. That's all. That's yep. all. Yep. Amen. Amen. Well, Jesus, we just thank you. We pray that um, our words just move in the hearts and minds of those who are listening. We thank you for them, Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing in their lives. We thank you that you are making yourself so known in their lives. We thank you for how real you are. We thank you for the privilege of just experiencing your love and your nearness in our day-to-day. Father, we thank you that we do not live for this world, Jesus. Um, We thank you for the privilege of eternity with you and those we love. Father, we thank you for just coming to save us. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for your nearness. We thank you that you are near to the brokenhearted, and that's not just empty words in an empty book, Father, that those words are real and they're alive and you are alive, Jesus. We thank you for just, yeah, your presence in our lives, Father. I just ask that you would be um, just so close to those who love you, Jesus, that you would, that you would show yourself to those who need you, Jesus. And Father, we just ask that you go before us, beside us and behind us and that you just be with us. And we thank you for who you are and that it's never changing. Father, we thank you for just the privilege of sharing our story. God, we thank you that you've turned our beauty into, or you've turned our, wait, what is that scripture? You've made, yeah, you've, yeah. we got you we got you (laughs) jesus we just thank you and we love you and we give you the glory amen amen amen